You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your fantastic host, JC. With me today, as per usual, the queen of everything herself, Kiki, and our local cryptid enthusiast, Cordy Poo. How you guys doing? How are you doing, JC? We're not going to get into that. We're not opening that can of worms. Uh, how you guys doing? I'm doing great. I just got puppy kisses. Nice. That's adorable. Got him. At least I have to imagine it's adorable. Hey, so I went down a a rabbit hole that is, it's not exactly like spooky, but it's, um. Do you find any rabbits? Uh, I wish I had. It's it's definitely a true crimey and kind of like one of those things where I had recently used my quote expertise in identifying like how long a body had been sitting outside. Uh, yeah, I didn't get paid for this. This was just observation only. Okay, so I'm concerned. So, Cord, you you might well, I don't know. JC likes military type things too, right? So, so there was a picture circulating. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider this my new my new thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys some weird ass bullshit of like something that recently happened. It has to do with maybe forensics or something, right? So. This is definitely a forensics thing. So this circulation of this photograph, it's uh, there's two photographs. One is a, a square plastic thing, like wrapped up, you know, in like the kind of plastic that you use on a pallet, right, to keep everything kind of like together. Like sarin wrap. Yeah, and then there's one uh, that's the thing is tipped over, and that there's stuff just everywhere. Okay, and this is where you gotta be really careful about making assumptions about things, and people will say something, especially on the bluebird app that's officially dying finally guys <laughs> i was about to be like what are you talking about <laughs> you just got to be careful so this this thing falls over and everybody right away says that this is actually how they're transporting dead soldiers from ukraine back to russia okay so somebody does their job and they at least geolocate it right so it's it's in uh belgorod in russia russia right and it does suspiciously look like Something meaty is wrapped in uniformish type texture, right? Of like a black kind of, you know, wrapping. Okay. So there's a lot of assumptions made. Well, I now know more about uh, pork and beef product and transportation that I ever need to know about. Yeah, that's the rabbit hole. Somebody came on and said, no, 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 this is a misunderstanding. Like, of all the nasty things the Russians have done to their own men out in the field, this ain't one of them. It's on Telegram. There was a dog shelter in Belgorod, and she was taking, was supposedly, this was supposed to be like a charity thing, right? So she thought she was getting, like, a small amount of fresh, awful... Okay, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, this 
O-F-F-A-L, awful. So we're talking like intestines, liver, uh, mostly liver, intestines, uh, heart sometimes from cattle and pigs, right? Once they're frozen, they can be eaten directly by dogs because they digest that really well. It does not have to be rendered, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, this this is what happened. She thought she's getting like a little bit and they shipped two tons of this shit to her. And one of the things fell off the pallet and the company claimed that they couldn't get in the driveway. And it was just, it was literally a gross, disgusting mess. Because then the driver said, fuck it, and left these pallets kind of off to the side in the side, side street. And so there's just rotting meat like out on the street. But right away, people were like, I saw a foot. And I'm like, you didn't see shit. Because, well, actually, what you did see was intestines and liver. And I feel like I'm qualified on two levels for this one. I cooked with this crap. So chef for 14 years. I know what a liver and intestine looks like. That's that. That's what it is. You know, you can't get past it. I found out that um, while beef production is very, like, on the outs in Russia, pig production is huge. So chances are a local farm had all this stuff and they were willing to give it to her, except they gave her two tons of it. those two giant pallets of it. Too much. Right. Like dogs, no matter how many dogs she has, she'll never eat all that. There's just no way. And then like on the other side of it, I just recently watched a video of Ukrainians going in and um, securing a position was occupied by Russians and uh, they don't pick up their dead. They just leave them there. Like I watched that video and that video was taken a week ago at the time that it was finally released because you know they don't release those things live that's that'd be stupid uh, yeah and i'm looking at those corpses going those poor dudes have already been sitting out there for a week at least some of them possibly days the weather's like hotter now so it's you know you have to take that in consideration but yeah so if you're gonna tell me that they're gonna palletize corpses <laughs> and send them home they don't even pick them up from where they were before. They just leave them there and let somebody else have to handle it. So, I mean, anyway, either way is pretty uncool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They also left their injured behind as well. And the Ukrainians, um, yeah, they took care of them. <laughs> you mean the, the country whose battle tactic is send them into the meat grinder? Like... They they basically uh, very much just use the set it and forget it <laughs> guardsmen of of uh, Warhammer 40k mentality. Oh, there's more bad guys. Just send more of our guys. We don't need to train them. Give them guns and send them in, boys. Oh, that's cute that you think that they gave them guns. <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> ammo. <laughs> <laughs> well there's that too <laughs> for you you get a gun and no ammo and you you get an ammo with no gun partner up and good luck so i was kind of just like look i know how shitty russia is right now i mean you know the the military the government but um there's no way that they are taking the time to palletize corpses to send for dog meat i mean come on <laughs> um yeah, okay. So we are uh, we're going to take a break for a sponsor and also a promo from one of our fellow podcast buddies. And when we get back, we're going to do Haunted Shores Volume 2. Electric Boogaloo. 
Big fish like to live in bad places. Mark had been talking about a very special hole to fish that he'd just discovered at the mouth of a small cave. That's how they get to be big fish. Take on those river monsters with Octoberpod's Guide to Fishing. He was all black like a shadow, except for his eyes. Learn about the best places to cast your line. There was an eerie stillness about the place. The feeling you get standing in a graveyard. Get tips on the killer baits that catch even the most elusive fish. They were a lot bigger and spikier with big, deep red eyes. And when they landed on you, those mothers could bite. And learn how to fish the sportsmanlike way. The Octoberpod way. Join me, Edward October, for Octoberpod's Guide to Fishing. Vintage fishing hacks and true horror stories from the great outdoors. With special guest stars Emma from Spine Chillers and Serial Killers, Cord from Mission Spooky, Carissa Vickis, host of Beauty Unlocked, and Autumn Groovy, host of Autumn's Oddities. It's Octoberpod's Guide to Fishing. Available Tuesday, July 25th, only on YouTube. Don't miss your ultimate guide to landing the big one. Subscribe today and ring the notification bell to catch it before all the other anglers do. OctoberPodVHS.com Welcome back. Please get ready <laughs> to laugh at one of Cord's, several of Cord's jokes. Oh, there's going to be several. I put jokes here. in quotations for those that can't I didn't see, see no quotations. Hey, um, well, they're in quotes. Hey, Kiki, you're going to like this one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. What do, you, what do you call a witch that lives in the sand? A sandwich, yeah. But come on. Literally, the answer that says right here says, I don't know, but I'm getting hungry. That's funny. Okay. JC, why is the beach friendly to everybody? <laughs> I don't know, Cord. Why is the beach friendly to everyone? I don't know, but it sure waves a whole lot. <laughs> uh, what have I done? Here's what one for both of you. Business? Here's one for both of you. Here's one for both of you. Why did the banana wear sunscreen at the beach? So it, it wouldn't with peel. peel. So it wouldn't peel. <laughs> oh, man. These are great. I'm glad you think so. Jess said she's leaving me. Again. She's already said that once before I got her on. How do beaches greet each other? They They wave. With a sand shake. (laughs) Uh, Uh, What do you call a beach party that gets out of hand, guys? I could go all day. This is going to be an hour of this now. (laughs) Oh, God. What do you call a beach party that gets out of hand? What? Sandemonium. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. I'm upset because I can't really eat shrimp, lobster, or clam anymore. If it's been cooked by heated water vapor, I have uh, shellfish-themed issues. Oh my god! I f- that uh, I hate that. It, it hurt me. Mission accomplished. I stopped by a roadside stand the other day. It said lobster tails two dollars. So I gave the guy my two bucks, and he goes, "Once upon a time, there was a lobster." Nothing, huh? crickets okay jc is going first what do you got for us today all right so i'm i i know you guys pick your places and uh your shorelines 
and or lighthouse, whatever you guys are talking about. And Kiki, you went Maine. Cord, you went what in the New Jersey area? I'm in New Jersey. So I decided. I decided to go south. You know, we're hitting all the East Coast this way, uh, showing love to everyone. And I said, do you know where I would kind of love to be right now? Florida, North Carolina. I I decided to look up North Carolina coast things, and I stumbled upon a very interesting phenomenon. I love this, just so we're all on the same page. Uh, The Gray Man of Hatteras Island. Hatteras. Hatteras, yep. I've listened to a YouTube video where they said that name about 90 times, but I did it five hours ago and already forgot. The Gray Man on this island is reported to be seen before major hurricanes or storms and it is just a gray smoky shadowy figure that's what's reported he doesn't talk to anyone he doesn't interact as soon as you start getting close to him he like fades away but every time that he sighted a major storm hits And this is like a little island off the coast of North Carolina. North Carolina already gets hit by hard storms, but this place gets fucking destroyed. You know, like, where in North Carolina Mm -hmm. this is? It's off the coast. (laughs) Oh, okay. I had a fucking map open, Uh. and I... For the love of me, one sec. You you tell me an island in North Carolina is located off the coast of North Carolina, JC. Uh, Where else would it be? I don't... So, uh, I lived in North Carolina for 20 years. Uh-huh. Kiki, where is it? Yeah, where is it? <laughs> Cape Hatteras Lighthouse is probably the most famous lighthouse in North Carolina. And this is located pretty much at kind of the bottom of... Um, the Outer Banks. So, so it it makes sense that this gets hit by a lot of storms. Yes, because absolutely. Yes, towards the south of North Carolina. Yeah. So it's it's getting it's getting hurricane season. So a lot of people like I'll mention. So Kitty Hawk and Kill Devil Hills, Nags Head. That's all on and Duck. That's all like the northern part of the, the Outer Banks. You've got Rodanth in the middle. Um, that became famous because of. The, the book, oh my god, was it Knights in Rodanth or something like that, by that idiot that I don't follow his books. And then you've got Kate Patteris at the bottom. And yeah, uh, Kate Patteris, and then it kind of makes a little L shape. And then you've got like Hatteras all the way at the bottom of that. Then you've got like a break. And then you've got the island that has Ocracoke on it. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, get, it gets pummeled pretty consistently. Yeah. So anyway, it's there, right? It's on Route 12. I'll, does that help you at all, Cord? Sure. Or it's like great Route Twelve. <laughs> yeah, Route Twelve. I like the number twelve. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. It's a. It's a good route. It goes through Avon and Slavo. Um. Yeah, Slavo. Look, that's the name. I don't know. So anyway, now that we've decided where Hat Hatteras, whatever is Hatteras, Hatteras. One day I'll remember. Uh huh. Uh. So whenever there's a hurricane, a bad hurricane, I should say, there's sightings of this. It was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which aired in 1990, because the Gray Man got very popular after the 1989 uh, 
Hurricane Hurricane Hugo. 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 <laughs> what did I say? I said Hugo. Hugo. You said Hugo. <laughs> nah, I said Hurricane Hugo. Hugo. Dude. <laughs> I'm getting, I, I need to go to um what's that place? Speech therapy class? <laughs> no, I mean I did that for 12 years, so no. Really? Lowe's. Yeah, yeah, I was in in speech all throughout. I feel like I'm the only person I know that didn't do speech therapy. Oh. Yeah, I, weird. I had a bad time saying ours when I was a lad. So you were a bad pirate. Yes. Got him. Anyway. After the hurricane, some news network interviewed some people and they're like, we knew to get off the island because we saw the gray man. And the guy was like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? But Unsolved Mysteries was like, <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> You know how painfully accurate that actually is, right? I'm picturing the, I'm picturing, I'm literally picturing the Ross from Friends meme with the get a load of this guy. <laughs> get a load of these guys. They said they saw the gray man. Well, I saw that gray man. I just knew I had to get off the island. I just knew. <laughs> Yo, so I watched uh, a few YouTube videos about this and one i guess there's another gray man in south carolina that's very similar in like all the stories and stuff i'm like one of y'all stole the exact thing you know south carolina is just uh down the street from from north carolina yeah i was gonna say is it but i'm like is it a story from north south carolina and south north carolina because that kind of checks out i didn't look up the other place because i didn't care about that one as much (laughs) i would also like to definitely have the stories this is a perfect example of how North Carolina consistently steals history from literally every other place around it. I mean, it might have been North Carolina that came up with this and South Carolina. I'm just, who knows? It's ghost stuff. Well, Kiki, you lived there for 20 years. Why do you keep stealing everybody else's stories? Yeah, Kiki. Dude, I lived there for 20 years and they still called me a Yankee, okay? That's, <laughs> yeah. Yankee, go home. Well, I will fucking go home then. You're right. I am a Yankee. Thank you very much. I'm getting the fuck out of your stupid state. Love you, North Carolina. I'm just joking. Yikes. Yeah, if Yikes. you ain't born in the South, then you ain't a Southerner. Sorry I reopened that wound for you. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, the, the wound of us winning a war. <laughs> well, that's why they didn't want me there, okay? They were like, get out. We don't like you, Yankees. Still holding on to that one, huh? That's that's what you think of the issue yeah. was. They, still um, holding on. You know, they lost and they refused to get over it. So anyway, Cape Hatteras. So, like, it's a very unique place, too. Basically, it gets hammered hard by hur- hurricanes. And it's one usually one of the first places hurricanes will make landfall. It's not what's going to slow down the... Uh, Oh, no, no. It just plows right right over it. Oh, yeah. It destroys everything in its path. Yes. Yes. Real estate there is dumb. Why would you build? So what are the explanations for the gray man? Are you getting <laughs> into that? Yeah, that's where I'm getting. Okay. okay. And let so him get first, into it. I was really curious. As the first winds of a storm touch the island whenever a hurricane is nearby. He's just a shadowy figure who walks on the beaches of the Cape. But what I think's interesting, there's like a few stories as, oh, he could be this sailor or he could be a this guy or he could be a this guy. And I don't like any of those. What I do like is that it's an elemental that is like literally trying to warn people. Yeah, I kind of had that thought even while you were talking. Like, yeah, you could say like maybe 
ship captain that got lost in a storm or that is actually one of the he's a sailor from an, the island who died in a hurricane yep that's it, that's one it of them it is also cool to think about maybe he's just a storm <laughs> yeah he is literally a Holy part of a force of nature shit. what have you seen the fucking footage during hurricane florence in 2008 no but i'm intrigued now oh shit here here comes the money. I'm going to pop it in here in general chat. Dude, me, it looks me. like a fucking give person. Gimme. Just walking on the goddamn boardwalk. Gimme. You don't even it you don't even have to pick point it out to me. Like it's just happening. Like it's just fucking there, man. Keep the sound down cuz this is coming from a outside camera and the wind is like blowing like hell. So you're just going to hear a bunch of wind. So you just mute it. You're not going to hear anything else. But you can see him. Clear as day. Just walking right there. What the fuck? I mean, you ain't kidding. Yeah. Holy smokes. You can even see, like, the legs moving and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Right? <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. It just appears. It just... I love it. Yeah. It, it, that'd right. make me leave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have enough evidence here. I'm out. <laughs> what I love and kind of hate, though, is like, and Kiki, maybe at the end of this, you can provide some insight because you lived in this area for a bit, is like everything I, I see is he's seen right at the beginning of the storm when the winds first touch the island and the rain is just about to fall. And it's like, if you see him get off the island, there's only one road. If you see isn't why wouldn't you have packed up beforehand? There's, look at, read the news. Just look at the news. <laughs> it's going to be a bad storm, huh? Probably pack up and get the fuck off the island. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if I lived on this island during hurricane season, I would at least keep up to date on the weather. I have stories to go with that, yeah. But like, how long would it take to go from this island from the start of a storm to the mainland? I think that depends on your definition of the first wind of a storm, because... No, that's fair. They might get hit, like, 12 to plus hours beforehand. I got you. You're talking a, a pretty ch good chunk of time for those big storms between the first wind, quote-unquote, and being in the shit. <laughs> you know, I'm no expert, but... I like to think that it's, like, an elemental-esque thing that's literally just trying to warn people for whatever reason i also find it only slightly interesting but it's still kind of interesting that it's this is like not that far south from roanoke island and it's like maybe there's some weird ass shit going on in this here areas i like to say that word roanoke yeah it's it's a good one roanoke there is the thing about how this is George Polly's ghost. Yeah, I didn't really like that. Who used to own Polly's Island. So, I mentioned that. The one that's really far-fetched for me that is Blackbeard's ghost. Searching for his long-lost treasure during a stormy night. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's very romantic, you know, but mm, not feeling it. Um, okay, so yes, it is not too far away from Roanoke Island. That's true. So, it was hurricane season. Now, I lived in Greensboro, so I'm way far away from the coast. But 
we would still get inundated with a lot, a lot of rain and have major flooding due to hurricanes, right? At the first year that I ever lived there, it got so flooded out all the way to almost uh, Raleigh that students at East Carolina had to graduate from Greensboro because their campus was completely flooded out. And there were like dead pigs everywhere because it's huge pig farms out there. So that was my first taste of like what it was like to live in a zone that was hurricane friendly. But North Carolina's always had very good governorship, whether it was fortunately, whether it was Republican or Democrat. Uh, I'm only saying that because I also was in was there during the Katrina events and we had a lot influx of people who came up from Katrina. And uh, there was the general consensus in America that at the time they wanted to blame the president of the United States for Katrina. And I was like, that's not how this works, guys. I lived in a state where this happens all the time. And it's the governor who's responsible for evacuation of these zones. And the governor is the one that has to say when it's okay to come back. And uh, so not getting into the events of Katrina, because a lot of terrible things happen there that, that cause a lot of people to die. But thankfully, whatever the governor's been, they've always been really good about evacuations. And thankfully, too, the people of North Carolina are very smart about this, Um, usually. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> what the people who are not smart are people who are visiting the Outer Banks during hurricane season. And Me. I have a personal story in which a family, friends of ours, were calling me at, at like 10 o'clock at night. I was shocked. I thought, you know, I didn't know that they were in North Carolina. And they are upset because they are trying to get to Nags Head. And uh, they can't because all the roads are closed because a hurricane came in. And, and I was like, why are you still trying to get there? Are you insane? Well, they said it wasn't going to be that bad. They said it was going to be like a one so we figured we'd just come down because we already paid for everything i was like i'm like two and a half hours away from nags head so you know uh where are you like how did you how did you even get into the state at this point you know because <laughs> most of those roads are closed and sure they were they were because it was actually not uh it wasn't um it wasn't hugo it was uh it was another one in between it didn't it didn't it was, do like it was are you sure it wasn't Hugo? Yeah, right. It wasn't Hugo. Um, yeah, so so I just was baffled and confused as to why anyone would attempt to come to the Outer Banks during the height of hurricane season when we have massive warning systems. They let us know weeks in advance that something terrible is coming. Now, for the people who live there, I usually stayed up in Kill Devil Hills and Kitty Hawk and Duck area when I stayed there. Nags Head's not too far from there. So Nags Head, Manio, those places get, they'll still get hit pretty significantly. It's that bottom part, though, that just gets obliterated most of the time, like where Hatteras. So I talked to a lot of people when I was up there, and they're like, we don't get the hurricanes that often, so we stay. And the truth is, if you're in Hatteras and you decide to stay, and then at the last minute you see that things are shifting and it looks like shit and you're fucked... Uh, you can just drive north, and that's about an hour and a half. To, if you're going all the way up to Lake Duck, that's about an hour and a half away. It's probably about two-ish hours, not, not just over two hours to Kerala, which is like really high up on the Outer Banks, way north. So those places generally do not get hit as hard with hurricanes. So there is a way out for folks if they decide the last minute to leave. So the answer then would be if you're there, I'll just stay with my stuff 
and we know how to handle it because they're professionals, right? That's how I consider North Carolinians are professional hurricane, you know, people. Maybe it turns into a three and you're like, Ugh. uh, yeah, safety reasons. I really think that most people just travel north and try to seek okay. refuge north of on the northern outer bank. Kitty Hawk and and up there, they're, uh, the Albemarle Sound is on the other side of them. And I talked to those guys and they were like, it's weird how we'll get some rain and stuff. I stayed at a place that was right on the sound at a bed and breakfast. And I talked to them at length about this. And they were like, we do not get hit. We don't even get flooding. And we've been here for 35 years. Well, that's good. There you I go. was just, yeah, I was just like, if the storm's already coming, if it's already like, isn't it just safer to hunker the F down? Yeah. Uh, but I do feel if it, if it pumps up to a four <laughs> get or even a three, out. depending on where you are, there, there's still time. There's still a place you can get out to. Gotcha. It's beautiful there, though. So, you know, I know why people want to live there. Cord, you want to go next? Because I'm excited about, uh, about yours. And JC, interesting, you once again chose not to follow the directions, but yet. What? It's a cape, but that's a type of shore. <laughs> It's like, yeah, but is is North Carolina in the north you said or the east south? coast? You said east coast <laughs> when we talked. You said I did east not fucking coast. <laughs> well, no, you did say east coast. I'm pretty sure. What? Let me read back to you what I wrote. Don't I read back. I'm going uh -huh. based yeah. off of no, what no. We now said. she's sad. Now she's gonna prove us wrong. You Hold said, on, what are you both doing today? And I said, uh, she said, other than the beach I tried to do last week, what else should I not do? And then Cord reiterated his. And I said, no, you're fine. I'm doing this. I said, in our other previous episode, we covered ghost ships in Jersey. So stay out of Jersey just to make sure yeah, that we don't overlap. Yeah. And then I said, do New York or Delaware or Maryland, Connecticut, Rhode Island, you know, the northeastern coast, JC. <laughs> I didn't like any of those states. <laughs> there we go. But that's okay. I think, I think not, not this time. I think last week because we had a little problem recording last week. I think last <laughs> week we said it was me. I was the problem. I think last <laughs> week. <laughs> hey, I come on. You weren't the entire problem. We got on a conversation. Quartz computer was also the problem. We, we talked for a really long time. And forgot that we had to record a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, that does happen to you. But yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure last time you said East Coast. Because yeah, I gave up. That's I was the like, information point, I was going I was like, off fucking of. hells, JC. You got, you got, I think I said something like, you have the whole East Coast to pick and you picked the one uh, fucking yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember being told I had the whole East Coast to pick from. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. But then I wrote to you this morning and gave you very clear directions on what, it's fine. It's fine. You I know only why? skimmed those directions. Because I love, <laughs> I love North Carolina. See, as much as I, I shit on it because I love it typical yankee okay so no i love that story too and it's true and i never bothered to watch the video and that was pretty exciting I, I think we should just have north carolina become like an honorary northern state you know skip virginia virginia is not for lovers I mean, it's for it's speed not. traps it is oh my gosh <laughs> the one time i drove through virginia i saw so many cops all right, so uh, Cord's going to talk about a pretty big one that we have not covered yet. 
Again, I love that your instructions were don't do ghost ships in New Jersey as I did a ghost ship in New Jersey. No, no, you were covered, though, from the week before. (laughs) You were covered because you asked me if you had done it. I said, no, actually, she was telling me not to do it. Right. Because otherwise, we covered Sandivanto or the Sandivanto ship and the Palatine Light. So, yeah, if you want to go back and listen to that, that's in the first volume of uh, Spooky Shores. I did research on the SS Morrow Castle. And I know you said we're doing haunted shores today, and this is a ship. But we'll we'll get into it. All but right. where do where do ships go? We'll no near shores. No, they go to the dock. But we'll get into it. The Morrow Castle was a luxury ocean liner in the early 1900s, 20s, and 30s. I think one of the most interesting things to me about this ship is they stated multiple times that it was able to maintain steady work as a cruise ship during the Depression, which is super interesting to me. Like, even as a transport ship, to just have anybody be able to afford that's crazy. On its ill-fated journey, because, yes, it didn't make it, we're moving from Havana, Cuba to New York, where dreams are made. Well, for some people... The ship, unfortunately, didn't make it all the way there. It ran ashore in Asbury, 1934, September 8th, completely engulfed in flames. Uh, a fire is not the entirety of this story. There's there's a lot of stuff going on here, so I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to talk about ghost stuff. Shortly after they left Havana, the Morro Castle started running into strengthening winds, it didn't take very long before they were stuck in a storm, a big nor'easter storm. They started having some troubles immediately. The captain got very sick and mm. died. So they're now stuck in a storm, and their captain died of a heart attack. So not funny, but uh, they're already running into some very serious problems. Do you think, hear me out on this, and this is just me being me. Okay. In that captain's life, before becoming like the you know where he was at one point he had a a psychic reading he asked let's say will i die during a storm on a ship and she's like nah brah you're good but she didn't tell him exactly how well you know jc (laughs) we'll get into it (laughs) oh god we're gonna get into it a little bit jc not quite the nail on the head but uh (laughs) Wow. We'll get into this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, shortly after the captain, whose name was Captain Robert Wilmot, died after getting very sick and a heart attack. You know, a couple hours later, people discover that there is a fire on board the ship. The cause of this fire was never determined. But there are people nowadays who have their theories. As they always do. On a, a, what actually happened and if this fire was uh, on purpose or not. Either way, the fire spread very quickly to the, to, to the point where this ship was so on fire that the steering mechanisms of the ship completely stopped functioning. So the crew completely lost control of the ship in any way, shape, or form because uh, the functionality was starting to waver. People very quickly after the fire started spreading tried to get off the boat but some people have claimed a lack of training in the crew i i don't know anything to actually substantiate this but only about half the lifeboats were 
let loose from the ship before it was just completely on fire, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. The engulfed ship soon ran ashore in Asbury, like I said, a couple hundred feet away from the convention center, which is on the beach. Literally, the it stretches out over the beach. It's a cool place for concerts, not going to lie. There are pictures of this building, and outside of this building is just a huge flaming ship just stuck on the beach. It's some pretty spooky pictures. When the boat hit the beach, locals came down to help. There was an SOS, but it was very slow. The firefighter response was slow as well. So it took a very long time for actual professionals to get to the scene to try to put the fire out. By the time that they got there, their, the list of casualties had already grown pretty substantial. Eventually, the fire was quenched. A total of 136 lives were lost. And really, all that was left was a bunch of bodies, traumatized people, and the charred shell of a massive vessel leaning in the water of the beach. That's where this story was supposed to end. <laughs> this whole thing burned completely to the ground. It's it's really spooky to look at these pictures. The ship was not removed for many months after that till March of the next year, making it a kind of a haunted attraction for some morbid beachgoers during the time. Let's let's go to the beach and check out this big ass ship that a bunch of people died on. Excuse me, we like to be referred to as gothic sand dwellers, okay? <laughs> I know another friend who would prefer to go under the term vampire surfer, so... it's <laughs> also acceptable. <laughs> but just because the ship was removed does not mean that the spookiness is over on the beach. <laughs> Some people claim that they can still hear the screams of the people on fire on the ship. Some people say they can hear the screams of pain of the burning victims of the Moro Castle along the beach around where the ship made land. Others feel the spirits of the shipgoers have found new home in the convention center. People have claimed to see shadow people in there, heard noises and people talking, seen people on the stage. There was a a show that was called Kindred Spirits. They did a bit of a dive on the theater haunting, and uh, their their episode was pretty interesting. If you're interested in it, I would definitely check that out. Yes, uh, Kindred Spirits uh, sometimes has Michelle Bollinger on, if I'm not mistaken. They clearly did some work in this theater. They spent some time in there. You know, They listened to a lot of people's stories about stuff. They, they weren't super sold on if they were Morro Castle victims or just, you know, the normal theater haunting. I won't go too deep in the theater because every time we do a state Patreon, I end up picking a theater or a cryptid. So <laughs> I, won't, I won't go super deep into the theater. But the most interesting part of the haunting to me is that some people claim to see the ghost of the Moro Sea herself, a ghost ship, but this is a flaming ghost cruise ship. <laughs> it's not just a <laughs> Davy Jones pirate ship. This thing's like a, a flaming ghost ship. So <laughs> I could only assume that it also is running aground because that's where it went. 
but it, I I guarantee you, if I saw that, I'm probably never going back to Asbury, New Jersey again. I mean, it might be hard to in the be in the first place because you know New Jersey doesn't exist. I I knew it was gonna come out. Dude, I, <laughs> I said New Jersey as many times in this, hoping that you were going to make that fucking comment because it's been so long since you said anything about it on this show. <laughs> well, I did it today. Yeah, this is this was definitely a, a, a an interesting thing that I that I covered. I was reading a lot about this, <laughs> just looking at the pictures, like, wow, this sucks, dude. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked that episode of Kindred Spirits. Actually, I think they did a decent job explaining it. And yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good show. It's literally like one of the only shows that I, that I have any respect for anymore. That went in portals to hell, but you know they got canceled. So rip, rip yeah. portals. Yeah, since like Dude Bro wants to take over everything, I didn't even get to see an episode. Portals to Hell, I specifically watched the one where they went to the theater that we talked about in Lancaster that's related to the, the Paxton Boys Massacre. Right. Yeah. So that was a good that was a good episode of that one. JC, about about your psychic comment, it wasn't that far off actually. This Captain Wilmot, right? The one who died. Are you listening, JC? I'm listening. Okay. Captain Wilmot, who died. At some point. Before he died, most likely. Before he died, at some point during the trip, became convinced that somebody on the ship was attempting to harm him. Okay. Yeah. There is somebody who they multiple sources that I read have named, who was seemed to be a bit of an outcast on the ship. Uh, some people claim he poisoned the captain, which killed him, and then started the fire. And the reason people think this is because this man, after this ship tragedy, you know, went about the rest of his life and apparently confided in some somebody he made like some off color joke about starting the fire to the wrong person. I believe it was a sheriff and the sheriff kind of started sticking his nose places and. uh People believe that he might have been getting kind of close to the truth because this man went to prison for attempting to murder the sheriff. I mean, the man got an inkling that somebody was trying to hurt him and then he got hurt. So maybe he did see a psychic. (laughs) Yeah. And he definitely didn't die in the storm, like to the storm. So (laughs) if the psych was like, no, you're not going to die in a storm, it's like, well, you're going to die to poison, not to the storm. Damn. Yeah, there's a, actually a decent amount of people online, allegedly, that think that the tragedy of the Moral Castle was no accident. A lot of people were saying a mix of very lax training and a potential arson murder. Yeah, I mean, how many of these flaming ghost ships have been because somebody wanted someone else d- dead? Like, and, and didn't care how many other people got killed in the process. I mean, if you were trying to get rid of one dude and ended up taking out 136, I, I think you, like, lost the plot a little bit. <laughs> nah, it's all so that they can't pin it on me, right? So, like, 
See, if everyone if everyone knows I hate the captain, but if everyone dies with the captain, no one knows I hate everyone. <laughs> but they, they kind of did pin it on him. <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah. He kind of admitted to it a little bit. Interesting. All right. So I'm going lost. Producer's choice. <laughs> and I chose this area because, well, I love it. I love Maine so much. I thought about moving up there. I actually thought about going to the College of the Atlantic several times. I got accepted there, didn't go. And this one involves a lighthouse because I also have an affinity for lighthouses. I love them so much because it really takes a special kind of person lighthouse all by themselves with no one else around. That's not necessarily always true, though. Sometimes they did bring their families. But I think we like to sort of uh, romanticize that of the you know captain in the lighthouse. <laughs> Going slowly insane because he's all by himself and he can't stand it. Watch the movie The Lighthouse. Yeah, great it makes movie. for it makes for a good movie. <laughs> and that great movie. Yeah, that was an interesting one. <laughs> Which maybe we'll review that at some point. Where you know, but anyway, I'm down. I'm down for a triple review of that movie. I know, right? I'll I'll rewatch the shit out of that. <laughs> so I chose Wood Island Lighthouse because this one has. Three different stories. Only one of them is partially the truth. I'll say partially, but mostly the truth. Uh, the other two are kind of fabricated off of the original story. And it's a great example of oral history can completely <laughs> oral fuck her. God damn it! I knew it. I <laughs> fuck knew it. You. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. I even did just did just the millisecond pause so that you could make fun of the word oral. I I did yep. it for you. Yeah, you're welcome. I felt it. I know yep. you. Yep. <sighs> Anyway, uh, so this was a bit of a rabbit hole in that it took me a while to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I found three, as I said, three distinct stories, including three different names. Each story is significantly different. So I'm going to give you uh, the events as told in the legend first. And then I'm going to tell you another story that has absolutely no basis in fact whatsoever. And then I'm going to tell you the real story. Located in Saco Bay's Wood Island, the historic Wood Island Lighthouse has been keeping sailors safe for the past two centuries. Uh, it's a 47-foot lighthouse. It was commissioned by Thomas Jefferson, yes, third president of the United States, and it was completed in 1807. Uh, a year later, the lighthouse was officially in service, and it uh, begins with its keeper, Benjamin Cole, who is also a former captain and the privateering vessel of, of a privateering vessel. I fucked that up. God damn it. I did a little... I was doing the R, you know, because he was a he was te technically a pirate. Yar. All right. Uh, so in the mid 1830s, the uh, the keepers of the lighthouse start reporting that the wooden tower and the lodgings are becoming unstable due to wood. Yep, I cannot fucking talk today. Due to rotting wood, so uh, they wind up having to take care of that, and so that's demolished in 1839, and then that's seven foot white tower of granite rubble which i believe is that's what's there now uh and then the little stone house is also built the same year there's a little history lesson on the actual lighthouse itself i will say right now the really cool thing about the lighthouses in america i'm sure it's that way in other countries as well but just specifically for here there is a website dedicated to telling you all of the lighthouse keeper through the years so that's very helpful when you're trying to hunt down specific keeper who may or may not be part of a ghost story for example 
1956, the Wood Island Lighthouse becomes automated. So the mm-hmm. last Wood. keeper and his family <laughs> left the premises. From that point on, the light was controlled remotely and the need for on-site keepers was eliminated. Goddamn robots taking our jobs. Yep, taking our jobs. In Thank 2004. You, no one could say it quite. <laughs> like, he just he just gets it, you know? It's because I was born and raised redneck. I know how to speak like I'm okay. I mean, you, you sure were. In 2004, the Coast Guard transferred the ownership of the Wood Island Lighthouse to the city of Bidford. And the Friends of Wood Island Lighthouse is a nonprofit organization that's formed currently to preserve and restore the light. So they do a lot of work there, and um, it's a historically significant place, so, you know, good on them. You want to give to them, you can. They have that. It's that they're uh, a nonprofit. So, and they also take volunteers, so if anybody's in that area in Maine and is looking for volunteer work, there you go, babe. The Wood Island Lighthouse is still active, and uh, it's also open to the public for guided tours during the summer months, allowing visitors to learn about its history and enjoy the absolutely gorgeous location that's it's it's beautiful. I love I like I love pretty much all of Maine. Anyway, here's the legend. Okay, so anybody who lives in the area probably has heard this before. Here we go. It was a dark and stormy night, but it wasn't. I'm just kidding. The story revolves around a peaceful <laughs> lobster fisherman. Of course, he's a lobster fisherman, right? He has to be. He's in Maine. Uh, he also serves as a local sheriff, and there's a few drunken residents residing on the island. During his duty as the Wood Island Lighthouse duty. keeper. Thomas Orcutt worked <laughs> alongside. He's just ignoring it now. <laughs> yep. Frederick Milliken. Keep pushing through, right? Uh, keeper Thomas Orcutt worked alongside Frederick Milliken, a lobster fisherman and a part-time sheriff from Biddeford Pool near Biddeford, Maine. And I'm putting a little bit of accent on that. It's actually just Biddeford, Maine, if you're from up there. Sorry. Milliken lived on Wood Island with his wife and three children and was widely regarded gentle giant of the town two transient fishermen there's a D character <laughs> <laughs> transient fisherman one level one god damn i'm gonna make that fucking thing okay two transient fishermen named howard hobbs and william moses approach milliken and convince him to rent out his nearby chicken coop shack for a short period of time because why not? That's where you want to live, right? In a chicken coop shack. Now, let That's me really tell you about an amazing uh, real estate investment you can do, okay? <laughs> Rent out your chicken coop. Hey, listen here, buddy. You live out there in the chicken coop. You ain't got to worry about breakfast in the morning. You just reach up and grab yourself an egg, okay? <laughs> I love this voice. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, both individuals had a significant issue with alcohol and failed to pay their rent to Milliken over the following months. One summer day in June of 1896. Ah, oh, my favorite year. Right? Hobbs and Moses return to the island after a heavy drinking session on the mainland. Milliken discovers his intoxicated neighbors wandering around and instructed them to meet him at his house to address the overdue rent. Hobbs arrived at Milliken's house carrying a rifle and an argument ensued, presumably about the unpaid rent. Milliken attempted to persuade Hobbs to surrender the weapon, but Hobbs insisted that it was not loaded as he brandished it carelessly. 
In an attempt to take the gun away, Milliken reached for it and it accidentally discharged, hitting him in the abdomen. Milliken's wife, who was nearby, witnessed the horrifying event, as did Moses, Hobbs' friend. With Milliken gravely injured, Hobbs insisted in carrying him to the house, with Hobbs still holding the gun and expressing more. In his intoxicated state, Hobbs rushed to the nearby residence of Keeper Orcutt of Wood Island Lighthouse, seeking assistance and carrying the rifle. Despite Orca's advice to surrender to authorities, Hobbs, still dazed from alcohol, declared that he had one bullet remaining, which he intended on using on himself. He hurried back to his shack and tragically took his own life with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. That is the legend that you will hear when we're going to talk about the ghost story. So that's the background, right? But here's the thing. There's another... This one, zero basis in fact, though. And that is that... It places Milliken and a keeper named Frank Given together. And the story goes that during this uh, terrible, almost not quite hurricane type weather, but really, really bad. They're on a boat together and it capsizes. And Frank Given manages to swim to safety. But Fred Milliken is shot by a ghostly figure from the lighthouse. So according to the legend then, Keeper Given later reported that he heard gunshots coming from the lighthouse, leading to the speculation that that foul play was involved. So uh, there was never a keeper named Frank Given at the lighthouse because I just told you guys we have the records for that. So that's that's a no go. Also, that's not what happened to Fred Milliken. So the real story is in the Bidford Daily Journal, Thursday, June 4th, 1896 talking about the funeral services for Fred Milliken, who was murdered on Wood Island Tuesday night. And it does tell you the story. It was a murder-suicide, um, and he was the gamekeeper, or like a game warden slash special policeman. He was shot by Howard Hobbs, who was a, who's listed as a fisherman. He died within an hour of being shot. Hobbs was intoxicated when he fired the shot, and he quickly sobered up and did offer assistance for what he had done. He then went back to his home, uh, lay down on the couch, and that's where he's uh, found. Or that's where Hobbs was found. So that part of the story is 100% correct. Now, how does Thomas Orcutt and the lighthouse come in? They were seen as the only authority figures. They. <laughs> the lighthouse was seen as, as an authority figure. Nice job. <laughs> Now I'm picturing the lighthouse like coming alive and like, you know, fucking laying down the law. Okay. Oops. <laughs> so so Thomas Orcutt, who's in, who's the lighthouse keeper at the time, he is seen as the only authority figure on the island. Hobbs goes to him. Orcutt's all like, what do you want me to do about it? You'll have to turn yourself into the proper authorities. And I suppose because of Orcutt's involvement in the story, being close friends with Milliken and trying to help Hobbs not take his own life. The ghosts of Hobbs and Milliken reportedly now haunt the lighthouse and the surrounding grounds. For example, sometimes moans are heard coming from the chicken coop shack. Of course, this could probably be explained away by the sound of wind, etc. Locked lighthouse doors have been mysteriously opened. Again, this could easily be explained as human interference or just forgetfulness. But you got the disembodied voices that can be heard when no one is around. That's classic haunting. And there are some dark shadows that have been observed near the lighthouse walkway at the top of the tower. There's also sightings of a woman believed to be Milliken's wife. 
Now, in 1905, Keeper Charles Burke, stationed after Orcutt, was so distraught, believing he was seeing and hearing ghosts, that he left his post at the Wood Island Lighthouse, and he stayed overnight in a boarding house on the mainland. The very next day, he jumped from window on the third floor to his death. Now, that's not the first time you're going to hear about a lighthouse keeper uh, being a bit disturbed and killing themselves, but that does say something about, you know, is there really a terrible haunting going on here, so much so that someone would want to end their own life over it? Who knows? In the fall of 2005, the New England Ghost Project, a paranormal research team from that area, uh, investigated the island and the lighthouse. A shadowy figure was observed near the lighthouse walkway. A medium was brought in, and she believed that she had in con- uh, came in contact with the spirit of Hobbes, who was apologizing for what he had done, which does track because even in the news article, it does state that he was very remorseful over what happened. There is another spirit there believed to be Milliken. She claims that she felt as though uh, he was severely injured and trying to escape something, which of course would be uh, Hobbes. Maybe he was afraid he was going to shoot him again. Recently, the Wood Island Lighthouse Foundation has led special events related to the hauntings to benefit the lighthouse restoration efforts. So you can go join on those things. Those are kind of fun. Now, during the restoration process, though, there's been a lot of things being moved from one spot to another. Again, restoration folks are hearing disembodied voices and shouts on occasion. It's not the first time that we've heard that either. We've, I mean, we've covered several times in which restoration efforts have been hampered by uh, kind of the interference from the other side, right? And look, I'll tie it in with North Carolina again in case you guys hadn't heard the little brief story before, but it's about how Biltmore Estate bought a smaller hotel in Greensboro and then redid it as like an offshoot of the Biltmore. It's called the Biltmore in Greensboro. And those guys had like three or four crews that attempted to work there. And most of them left because they just didn't want to uh, get hurt by a ghost who liked to use electrical equipment when it wasn't plugged in. It's also reminiscent of John Curley's story about that house where they had so many people come in because the guys were just like, I'm the only person here and I hear somebody working in the next room, but I'm the only person here. It's weird. The restoration people, they look at all of the past lighthouse keepers as possibly, quote, interfering with the restoration, not necessarily Hobbs and Milliken at all. They think that, you know, since they started the effort, and things are progressing really well, that what we're getting is some residual energy from people who've, you know, they spent their whole lives there and they loved it. Not necessarily doing anything terrible that maybe they're just, quote, trying to help, which I think is kind of a sweet way to also look at it because no one's being These fucking amateurs not putting their goddamn tools away. What a but I tell you what, back in my day, ay, 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 gotta (laughs) clean up after these guys all the time. I imagine that's the conversation. I, I do feel, you know, obviously feel bad for uh, Charles Burke, who killed himself over what he was experiencing. But, mm-hmm. you know, there might have been a lot of underlying factors. Uh, it's not the first time that you're going to hear about a light 86 himself uh, because he went a little crazy, like legitimately insane, not ghosty, making somebody insane. Yeah, that's what I got for the Wood Island Lighthouse. Got to be careful with those oral traditions, right, JC? 
Gotta be careful with Oral. Gotta. I hate you so You're the worst. But you also have to be persistent. You know, if at first you're not like 100% getting it, just communicate, figure it out. You'll get there. Eventually, eventually you'll get good at it. Well, officially, this episode will mark the end of Ska Summer. No! It's our last I wish it could be forever! (laughs) It's our last Ska band because, fingers crossed, hopefully, if everything has worked out okay and future Kiki doesn't have to also edit the shit out of this statement... Uh, the end of August will will feature our uh, second chord versus cryptid episode, which everybody knows we we use different kinds of music for that. We don't promote anybody in particular for those. So we'll be actually after that we'll be picking back up with our kind of um, alternative uh, metal, and uh, then we've got just an amazing lineup of bands to share with you guys uh, through December. So, back to goth, and uh, naturally, October is full of goth bands. Like, just to the brim with the best of the best. Love them. Anyway, but today, we have the final ska band we're going to be sharing with you guys. Uh, Again, huge props to our second DM who helps us out with Chord vs. Cryptid, Logan Vo. He helped me out with a few, give me some some suggestions on ska bands, because that's I like the genre, but I don't know any of the bands. And uh, he also recommended Up Fucks, spelled U-F-U-X. I love these guys. And I chose I chose a song called Drowning because we were talking about Haunted Shores. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. You're so creative. Oh, gosh. Wow. Wow, JC. Wow. What song would have you picked? Huh? What song would you have picked, JC? Go on. I would have had Chord singing the entire every episode. It would just be Chord singing a little doodad. We'd close out every damn episode. Ska Summer would have become like brass band scat scatting summer and that would have been great. I have to correct myself. It, it should be the Upfucks. They're on YouTube. Actually, the Drowning official video is uh, that is from an album that came out last year. Good stuff. They're also on Bandcamp, and that's where we are buying their music from. Support the homies. Support our homies. Exactly. We fucking love music. Anyway, when we get back, we'll do Spooky Squad updates. Are you lonely? Grab your money. Change your mindset. Drown it, boys. It doesn't matter what you do. Solutions and solve them. Now giving up, I'm growing up. You're running from your closet, I have the money. Let's get loaded tonight. Test your body. Bet somebody's in stupid tonight. When everybody looks 
Welcome back. I'm going to plow through this fucking thing. Hold on. <laughs> she said plow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're really oh, digging into it today, JC. Look, I have one funny thing to do, and it's... You it's got the, this. that's what she said. <laughs> I did get, I did get one of them, yeah. Thank you once again for listening to us talk spooky stuff. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. They keep keep us going. Appreciate you guys. You're all You're welcome. All wonderful. We um, sure are. <laughs> and uh welcome. We got a new we got a new Discord person just the other day. Uh just Dio, in case you're listening. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. You can become part of the regular Discord community. Uh we got channels dedicated to just about everything you can imagine and um I have been doing a lot more reading. So book reviews are going up i'll have one posted by now absolutely posted by now if you're an artist or author musician or a fellow podcaster and you want to join our discord channel we got places for you to promote all of your work as well and of course we have a D section in there hell yeah since i officially left twitter <laughs> i had a nice little get together in kiki's chat in the normal discord so that occasionally happens as well if since Twitter is self-destructed, we are done. We are no longer on Twitter as of the when this comes out. We are on threads now with Instagram. And for Kiki's sanity, I do believe that I'll be just doing mostly that. Some interactions on Facebook, but threads seems to be working out really well. And don't forget, if you listen on iTunes, Podchase, Good Pods, a uh, rate and review. Just remember to be kind because we don't really get paid very much at all. Uh, we're doing this for, for you guys. We're trying to make, make your lives a little bit less miserable. Hopefully we're doing an okay job. Quick updates on other other things going on. So Tales of Thern will not be back until October of this year. But I will be... I, I have a fun idea, so stay tuned on Discord. I have a fun idea for our listeners. If, they, if they're also listening to us on... Uh, Tales of Thern as well, or listening to me, sorry, I, whatever. Um, I'm thinking about having a little, like, suggestion area for this particular character of, like, stupid shit you want me to say, and I'll try to incorporate it in there somehow. I actually did that uh, with a small group of people on Twitter um, to test it out this last season, because I was only going to be playing Daphne for, like, 13 or 14 episodes. So uh, that was actually pretty fun. So the test run was was a small group of like friends, uh, but maybe this time I'll open it up to you and uh, and see <laughs> about inserting like some jokes or like stupid things. She's very she's a very uh, gregarious uh, kind of character. So I don't know. Stay tuned for that. That's why I keep telling people join Discord because you get in on all the fun. Stuff. I'm not going to be doing it anywhere. Else. And I think that's, um, oh, and then I was just uh, recently on October Pod. Uh, it's called The Way and the Life and the Truck, and that is on YouTube. So look up October Pod video on YouTube, and that's me telling a very spooky story. Cord just recently did a voiceover for October Pod as well, telling a spooky story, and I'm not sure when that drops, but um, look out for that one. Right. And then I wrote a story for October Pod. And I'm not sure when that's going to drop, but I won't be, I won't be voicing it, but I'll definitely 
uh, promote that because that was fun. And I guess that's going to wrap it up. So JC's hungry. Always hungry. <laughs> Stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. If, you, if you'd be so kind, uh, contact us by writing, like, go to the beach, right? Go get a bunch of, like, white stones and, like, beach debris and spell it out on on the beach like with the debris and stuff you got it make it a big message then you have to get in a helicopter go up take a picture of it from above send us that and that's how we'll know to get in contact